RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm out as well. The headlines. The suspect of the Quarry Bay Park shooting is charged for murder. The MTR Corporation and the main contractor of the shouting to Centrelink are accused of covering up construction problems at Hong Kong Station. The Executive Council is mulling new housing measures. Police have charged a 44-year-old woman with two counts of murder and two counts of shooting with intent over Tuesday's gun attack at Quarry Pay Park. A brother and sister died in the attack while two of their siblings were wounded. The suspect, who is believed to be the victim's niece, is due to be brought before Eastern Court this afternoon. A subcontractor of the Shouting to Central Rail Link has accused the MTR Corporation of colluding with the main contractor Lighton to cover up construction problems at Hong Kong Station. Jason Poon, Managing Director of China Technology Corporation, said it was clear from the MTRC's response so far that it was trying to protect Lighton. It's been revealed that steel bars were cut short to make them appear to be attached. Mr Poon said he witnessed Lighton's staff cutting bars on several locations since 2015 and confronted both the MTRC and Lighton, but the problem was never resolved. He described one incident he witnessed along with two Lighton supervisors. I have asked the superintendents to stop the exercise and criticise them if they have been approved by MTR or approved by their senior to cut the fat bar. And I also warned them it is a very dangerous exercise, deteriorating the social safety and also deteriorating their light-chain responsibility on their committing a due diligence concession activities. What I got the reply was these two superintendents thought it is a normal and correct exercise and they further instruct in front of me to their labour to continue the cutting. Pro-establishment lawmakers have expressed reservations over a proposed bid to launch a LegCo investigation into construction scandals at the Hong Kong station. Civic Passions Cheng Chung Tai raised the motion to evoke LegCo's Powers and Privileges, or PNP, to set up a probe committee. But pro-government legislators say this will politicise the issue. One of them, architectural sector lawmaker Tony Chair, says the government, the police and MTR Corporation are already looking into the matter. Given that at the present moment there are so many investigation or inquiry to be conducted, and given that the matter involved is quite technical and complicated, at the moment I think I better wait until what is going on about this investigation, and particularly the um, commissions of inquiry. And by then, probably if everybody is not happy, then we can still set up another PMP. The Executive Council is reportedly holding a special meeting to discuss a series of new housing measures. They will include, they will likely include a tax on vacant properties held by developers, a new pricing mechanism for subsidised flats, and relocating land planned for private homes to public housing. Some housing authority members have said they have been notified about a special meeting to be held tomorrow. The go- the High Court has been told that a victim of a child neglect and abuse case may live for just another decade or less. Suki Wong, who is now 10 years old, has been in a vegetative state for the past three years after suffering brain damage and serious starvation. Prosecutors cited a new medical report that said for people in her condition, unexpected death is not uncommon. Her mother, Mandy Wong, was found guilty of child neglect and, her, and she and the girl's stepfather, Rocky Ling, were both found guilty of perverting to course of justice for lying to the authorities. The two may be sentenced this afternoon at the earliest.
Si Wai Leung, the chairman of Beijing's top advisory body, says the spirit of Hong Kong people to serve the country should be re-stimulated so they can contribute to China's reform and opening up. In an interview with Communist Party mouthpiece The People's Daily, Mr Leung said mainland enterprises can make use of Hong Kong's status to go global. The former Hong Kong leader also said the relationship between the executive and the legislature had improved significantly following the hard work of the new administration. A former Chief Secretary Anson Chan says Carrie Lam has failed to uphold the one country, two systems principle during her first year as Chief Executive. She said, for example, Mrs Lam failed to speak up for local reporters who were attacked on the mainland last month, and even though she was trying hard to mend ties between the government and Lechko, Hong Kong people expected her to do better in the coming years. The greatest disappointment in so far as I'm concerned, and I'm, I think this view is shared by many in the community, is that she has failed singularly to come out and defend one country, two systems, and to prevent interference from the liaison office uh, and from uh, Beijing, uh, and to maintain Hong Kong's core values. Hong Kong people expect her to use the law appropriately and not in an oppressive manner and to maintain our lifestyle. She shows no inclination to do so. The outgoing chairwoman of Hong Kong Science Park, Fanny Law, says she may not always share the same view with the Secretary for Innovation and Technology, Nicholas Young, amid reports that friction between the two had led to her contract not being renewed. Speaking to reporters before stepping down on Saturday, Mrs Law said she has no hard feelings. Our secretary, <laughs> well, you all say that we have differences, but, uh, but uh, as I always said, you know, I never see differences of opinion as a problem. I have said to my staff, the people that I value most are those that can come up with a view that is different from mine, so that I can consider more thoroughly from different points of view. is after all, the core purpose of liberal studies. Uh, but, I, but I really, I don't think I've ever stood in the way of what he wants to implement. Never, never. The Commerce Secretary Edward Yao says Hong Kong should be more proactive in strengthening relations with trading partners in response to the growing Sino-US trade tensions. Speaking after attending a Belt and Road Summit at the Convention Centre, Mr Yao said Hong Kong could take down some trade barriers by establishing more free trade deals with other economies. He says Hong Kong shouldn't be taking only defensive measures to safeguard its economic prospects. A more sort of an offensive or positive move is in fact to build more alliances of like-minded free traders like Hong Kong and Georgia and like through all the free trade agreement that we have been signing over the years with major partners including a major one with ASEAN last year and also this one with a strategically located uh, uh, country in uh, Euro-Asia. We believe these trade agreements demonstrate a very strong case that well, trade is not a zero-sum game. And through sort of the ticking down of our trade barrier, we are actually seeing uh, more prospect for economic growth arising from trade. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says he's confident North Korea understands America's desire to seek complete denuclearization. Mr. Pompeo is to lead negotiations with Pyongyang over the agreement struck in Singapore between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. He told a Senate panel that denuclearization implied an end to all production of nuclear materials as well as missiles. The North Koreans understand the scope of the requests that we're making with respect to denuclearization and the elements that would be required. And one of those elements obviously would be 
uh, a thorough understanding of each of the elements you laid out, their fissile material on hand, their capacity to continue to develop that material, uh, weaponization efforts, engineering, physics efforts, as well as the weapons and missiles that would deliver them. So um, we, we've been pretty unambiguous in our conversations about what we mean when we say complete denuclearization. President Trump says he'll immediately begin looking for a replacement for a member of the U.S. Supreme Court. The retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy gives Mr. Trump the opportunity to shift the balance of the country's highest judicial body further to the right. He joined four other conservative justices on Tuesday in upholding Mr. Trump's travel ban on people from several Muslim-majority countries. He's also played an active role in advancing gay and abortion rights. The Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell urged Senate to give a fair hearing to whomever the president nominates. It's imperative that the president's nominee be considered fairly and not subjected to personal attacks. Judges must interpret the law fairly and apply it even-handedly. President Trump says he'll be meeting Vladimir Putin around the time he travels to Europe next month for a NATO summit and a visit to Britain. A date and venue will be announced tomorrow, but Mr. Trump said it could be in the Finnish capital, Helsinki. He said there were many things to discuss. I think we'll be talking about Syria. I think we'll be talking about Ukraine. I think we'll be talking about uh, many other subjects, and we'll see what happens. So you never know. You never know about meetings, what happens, right? But I think a lot of good things can come with meetings with people. We had great meetings with President Xi of China. We have every place I've been, uh, we have had great meetings. So uh, maybe something positive will come out of it. A ship run by a German charity with more than 200 migrants on board has docked in Malta. It's been seeking a safe harbour for nearly a week since rescuing them off the coast of Libya. Italy refused its permission to dock. Malta allowed it to land after securing the agreement of a number of other European Union states to take in a share of the migrants. But it says only those with genuine asylum claims will be allowed to stay. The Prime Minister, Joseph Muscat, said the ship would not be allowed to sail again. The second is the impounding of the vessel pending an investigation into the actions of MV Lifeline, including its inadequate registration and the decision to switch off its transponder at various times. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,519. That's 147 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $59 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.26 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 28 cents. Now to sports, here's Atom Chung. We start with one of the biggest shocks in World Cup history. Defending champions Germany have been eliminated at the group stage following a 2-0 loss to South Korea. The four-time winners crashed out after conceding twice in injury time as they pressed for the goal which would have sent them through. Sweden finished top of the group after their 3-0 win over Mexico, who ended up second. Here's the BBC's Steve Crossman. Germany, the holders, this German machine that so many people would roll over the World Cup again. For the first time since 1938, Germany are going out of a World Cup in the first round. The biggest story of this tournament by a mile, and it will echo from where I am in St. Petersburg in the west of Russia, all the way through Siberia, through all of the host cities, down to Sochi on the Black Sea coast. This is as big as 
it gets. And it is an absolute shocker for Joachim Löw and his side. The late game saw Brazil and Switzerland both qualifying for the last 16. Brazil beat Serbia 2-0 to top their group, though face Mexico. Switzerland progressed after they were held to a 2-2 draw with Costa Rica and will face Sweden. More from the BBC's John Bennett. After a disappointing draw, then a late win, signs of progress for Brazil as they booked their place in the last 16 with relative ease. Paulinho gave them a deserved lead on 36 minutes, poking home a Philippe Coutinho through ball. Serbia did threaten in the opening 15 minutes of the second half, but Thiago Silva made the point safe with a header. In another positive, Neymar had a much bigger influence on the game. One bit of bad news, though, for Brazil. Influential left-back Marcelo limped off with an injury. In the other game in the group, Switzerland reached the last 16 despite conceding an injury-time equaliser from the penalty spot. Costa Rica's Brian Ruiz making it 2-2 when his spot kick hit the bar and bounced off the Swiss goalkeeper Jan Sommer. But they'll have the last eight in their sights with Sweden waiting for them in the second round. On to cricket, Joss Butler hit the fastest T20 international half-century by an England batsman in a 28-run victory over Australia. He reached 50 from 22 balls at Edgbaston and finished with 61. England posted 221 for 5, their second highest T20 total. It caps a miserable tour for Australia in which they were swept 5-0 in the one-day series. England will play the first of three T20 internationals against India at Old Trafford next Tuesday. As for India, they beat Ireland by 76 runs in the first of two T20s in Dublin. India were led by a superb opening stand of 160 between Shikadawan and Rohit Sharma. And that's your look at sports. Joe Jackson, the patriarch of the American musical dynasty bearing his name, including the pop superstar Michael Jackson, has died at the age of 89 in Las Vegas. He's the BBC's Peter Bowes. With a huge following, the Jackson 5 had a string of number one hits. Behind their success was Joe Jackson, father to Jackie, Jermaine, Marlon, Tito and little Michael, the group star. It was a winning formula, nurtured by Joe Jackson, who had given up his own dreams of becoming a boxer to care for his large family while working at a steel mill. The Jackson 5 signed to Motown Records in 1967. Jackson's daughters, Latoya, Reby and most famously Janet, also had successful musical careers. Joe Jackson was known as a strict disciplinarian while coaching his children during rehearsals. Joe Jackson later admitted that he had whipped Michael, but he denied it could be categorised as a beating. To end the news, the top stories once again. The suspect of the Corey Bay Park shooting is charged for murder. The MTR and the main contractor are accused of covering up construction problems at Hongham Station. And that's the news from RTHK.
Boys, that's you.